0: morning everybody uh, if you have a Bible why don't you go to first uh, Peter we're gonna go back to our series called unmistakable and we're gonna look at first Peter 5 this morning welcome to all of those who are watching online whether on the live stream or later on we're we're one family and one church and the beauty of life in these day and ages is sometimes the family's all in the same room sometimes the child goes off to college or work for a season you don't stop being family you're just not in the same room at the same time so it's a it's a thrill to be together last weekend was fun wasn't it it was just so good to be back in the space it's so good to be back and celebrate the resurrection of jesus uh together and to think about what he has for us in the future if you missed it it was also our our 10-year marker as a church and we're not going to throw the party yet because you don't throw a party while like there's dust everywhere so we're going to wait till all of the renovation is done and then we're going to pretend it's the first sunday you know, marking the 10. Well, we'll do it sometime in the next two, three weeks. And it's fun. Every week as you're going to come back, there'll be little bits more and more open. And we're grateful for your generosity to actually make this renovation a reality. Well, last weekend, we looked at the resurrection in light of the conversation Jesus had with Peter after he rose again. What is Jesus doing uh, once he's risen? What is he doing Uh, After his death and resurrection that pays for our new life, as we follow him, we know what he's doing because he did it with Peter. He's inviting people close. He's inviting people back. He's calling people to himself. And we saw it last week from John chapter 21. If you missed it, watch the podcast or just read the text. Failure is never final with Jesus. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God my failure isn't the end. And your failure is not the end, not when you factor in Jesus, because he says to Peter three different phrases that say the same thing. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. And we know from last week he wasn't saying go from fishermen to now, you know, herding animals. What he was saying is this life of giving yourself away for the good of others. Like Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Now, Peter, now that I'm risen and I'm coming again, until then, I want you to gather other people and I want you to use your life, invest your life in what really matters, and that's taking care of people. There's a phrase we use a lot around here, helping people experience life in Jesus. That's shepherding, that's feed the lambs, that's helping people get grown and useful because of this life that we find in Jesus, helping people experience Life in Jesus is what we're all about, which takes us back, actually, to the series we were in. I'd love to say I was smart, um, but I'm not really, but when when we hit Easter, we did Peter, and it just so happens the next text has to do with Peter's calling. Remember, Jesus said, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Well, now Peter's done that for decades. He's given his life. He's sharing the good news. He's planting new churches, he's building up leaders, he's teaching people the way of Jesus, and then towards the end of his life, he writes the letter to a group of churches to say to other people like us that are going to follow Jesus without seeing him face to face, what's our calling as a community? Well, 1 Peter 5 uh, gives us an insight into how we're to fulfill the call that Peter had and that we now have as God's people to take care of others. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 1 says, To the elders among you, I appeal to you as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Verse 2, Be shepherds of God's flock. Again, the whole feed my lambs and sheep. Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you, you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. To the elders. All right, let's, uh, let's look at these. We're going to look at three more messages in this letter and this is going to be like uber practical on how we live out seasons of suffering which is what first peter is all about how do you honor god in seasons of suffering well god calls people to lead and god calls people to follow and he wants us to do it well let's look at leaders this week to the elders now what's an elder if you're newer to church it's a churchy word hello how many how many know outside of the church circles an elder well It's someone who's often older. And really, Peter is mostly writing not to a formal group of people, although there is a structure within the church, but he's writing to those who are literally older. And in their culture, the older people are given responsibilities of leadership to care for the younger people. So it is to a group called the elders, the leaders in the church. It is to the older people who have a role in the, in the family of God, to play on helping younger people, and it's also to leaders in general. In the Bible, you see the word elder. In other uh, places, you'll see the word overseer. In some translations, you see the word bishop. They're all pointing to the same thing. Elders are people who are appointed by God to lead. So let's ask the big picture question, what will it take for you and I to lead well? Now, I want to apply this to us because this is speaking to a church, and we're a church, so we'll look at us, but I know that this is speaking more broadly to how we come about any form of leadership, whether that's in the home, whether that's in your neighborhood, whether that's leading yourself, whether that's leading a business or a school or anything else, but I just said the word leader a lot. So when we walk into it, let's be honest about how that's hitting you already, when I say leader, some of you, your mental picture is someone who was over you and harmful. And that, Maybe that was a parent that was harmful. Maybe that was a boss or a teacher or some influence in your life. And when I say leader, it's like a negative tone just because of what happened. And look, let's be honest. We all process words and feelings, and we have to come in recognizing... That I'm influenced by what's already happened to me. Others of you, I say leader, and your mind I immediately goes to someone who was like your champion, someone who was like your coach, someone who was like helpful, someone who, who lifted you up, someone who encouraged you. And, and we're coming at the word differently. So when we think about leadership in church, it's the same way. Some leaders that you've been under have been helpful, some have been harmful. So let's ask the question in light of all that how do we lead like Jesus? Because Peter got this commission. Not from himself. He was happy to go back fishing. But Jesus raised him up. and Peter is a Jesus-like shepherd. and we want to be Jesus-like leaders, whether that's in our place of business or our home or even just our own life. You could be leading toddlers at home. God bless you. You could be leading with a group of roommates in a, in a dorm, God bless you, friends at school. You could be in a boardroom uh, leading a, a multinational company. I think all of these apply. There are five things that we see here. These aren't the only things about leadership, but we see them, so let's think about them, let's lean into them, and I want you to write down at least five dimensions of how we're gonna lead like Jesus, and let's, let's commit to asking the Spirit to help enable us to live these out, all right? They're not just points. They're ideas to begin to wrestle with, to say, Holy Spirit of God, am I like this? If not, will you Shape me to become this Jesus kind of person. All right, number one, write it down. I'll spend most of the time on the first two, and the other three are are, are kind of obvious. The first one is leaders are accountable. Leaders are accountable. Write that down. Uh, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. To the elders, plural. When you see the word uh, used in the New Testament, it's never singular. It's always plural. When Paul plants churches, when Peter plants churches, they do not instill one elder. It is the elders plural, which means leaders are accountable. It's not to the leader, it's to a group of leaders. Now, within any group of leaders, there's usually a senior leader or someone that within the group they recognize, okay, everything can't be done by committee. We 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 entrust that you're giving God's grace to help shape it. But even in that we ought to be accountable. And you see it in Jesus' life. Jesus has how many apostles? One? No, 12. He has a group of 12 men that he put around him. Uh, were all 12 equally honorable? No. One of them betrayed Jesus and didn't repent. Oh, by the way, they all betrayed him. One didn't repent and, and ended horribly. So he has 12 and then within the 12, you know who's on the Mount of uh, Transfiguration, who's in the inner place when Jesus is having his most intimate moments. It's the three, Peter, James, and John. That, that even Jesus had the team, and he had an inner team. And we know of the 12, in the resurrection, who is the one preaching on the on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit falls and sharing the gospel? Who's the leader? It's Peter. But Peter is not alone. And so, so coming out of Jesus's way of leading we need to remember that leaders are accountable we need each other i love the way peter puts this this is a beautiful lesson in how we can lead well peter's writing to them he's an apostle commissioned by the lord jesus writing scripture he is not an ordinary guy and look at what he says as a fellow elder i say to you i love that he's not flaunting his position he's not saying underlings little ones no he is an elder even though he plants churches and is a part of the jesus movement he's connected to the church he's a leader and he's he's physically older and there was a respect among amongst the older in the church i think we we side note uh we need to regain that the world has become flat in that anyone with an iphone can do anything right so you could you could be 15 years old and feel like you're on top of the world because you have the same iPhone or whatever phone you have as everyone else in the same programs. And yes, there's there's a, a goodness to that, but there is something beautiful, and it's not just cultural, it's biblical, about respecting those who have lived more life than you. Honoring those who are older and considering they may have wisdom that we can learn from. Notice how I put the we, who can learn from. Because I'm, I'm quite young myself. Um, no, we're all we're all under authority. We're all accountable, and and Peter says I'm leading with you, and I think that's a good frame of reference. That's great leadership. Uh, what can we get from this? We get in trouble in church and in anything when we forget that every leader is accountable. Everyone needs a leader. You may be one. But don't forget, God is the ultimate leader. (laughs) And so even if you're on the top of the food chain and you're a business, you're not on top. You didn't create anything. God's the creator with the creation. We gotta humble ourselves before Him and recognize God puts all of His children in families with leaders. So leading like Jesus means we gotta find our place within God's structure, within God's team. And Here's the good news. God's already placed you. This is your church family. He's placed you within this church for a reason. Find your place and live the life that Jesus is calling you to live. Just like Peter, feed my lambs. There's a mission for you. There's calling for you. There's purpose. It's not just one. There's many things Jesus is leaning into you to be a part of. It's my responsibility to listen and discover you're the leader, Lord. You put me in a place with leaders. Maybe reach out to some of the leaders in this community and say, hey, what do you see in me? How can I be of service to Jesus' people here? Make yourselves available. All right, second thing is leaders are caring. Notice, verse two, be shepherds of God's flock. Whose flock? God. I love it people say, uh, tell me about your church. It's like, well, I know what you mean, but I don't have one. I don't have a church. I I know what you mean. Tell me about your church. Like, well, there's the one that God's placed me in. Um, We we need to be thoughtful because really it's God's flock. But don't don't miss the second half. Under whose care? Your care. Wow. Leaders are called to be caring. That's why the visual of a shepherd. Now, I grew up in... New York City, uh, the only pets or animals that I saw are cats, dogs, and rats, and that wasn't a pet, but we saw a lot of them. Um, so I don't, I don't understand the whole, you know, agrarian thing, and, and farming is a new. I have to learn, uh, but shepherds kind of obvious, because there are vulnerable, beautiful, wonderful animals that need constant attention. So the shepherd is is there when new. Uh, Sheep are born. What's the name of a new sheep? Lamb. Oh, yeah. Is it really a lamb? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a you. What's a you then? A what? A, what? a mom? The, the mo- a mom? <laughs> Poor Arlene is looking like, help him, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> help him, Lord. <laughs> yeah, like I said, a lamb. <laughs> and it requires care care bringing uh, lambs to places of pasture to rest protection from the elements protection from other animals that want to eat them Uh, and so we got to think about this the the leaders are called peter calls the church and those in leadership those older and those who were the leadership team the elders to care shepherd here though when i think of shepherd work with me I think of like the person, like it's a noun, like you're a business person, you're a a fireman, you're a police officer, you're a construction worker. I think of like the position. But actually, Peter says to the elders, elder is the role, shepherd is the verb, do. In other words, the calling of the leader, whatever your title is, is to care. Shepherding in the Bible is not something like, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. Leadership is about uh, accountability. We do this together, and it's about caring for other people. We all need to be cared for, and we can all care for other people. So write this down. This is a biblical principle. People, pastor, people. Now, I don't want to mess with your framework a little bit. Well, someone say, well, my pastor cares for me. I'll just say pause for a moment. Well, elders in the church, leaders in the church are all called to be caring and actually everyone in the church is called to be caring. Shepherding is a verb. It's an action. It's something we do. There are people that are set apart to help guide and lead what caring looks like and we honor that. We don't want to make it too low. But we don't want to make it too high why everyone comes to one person, two people, three people. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to the pastor. And if by that you mean, like, I want to talk to someone who's spiritually mature or has some experience, that's a blessing. But if you see as I need this person in this role to care for me, we're missing the heart. Uh, care and leadership is something that's spread out throughout the church. People care for people. So we honor and value. Leaders at every level, but everyone can care and everyone needs care. This is something I want us in this next season to grow in. You have something to give, you have a story to tell, you have wisdom from the Holy Spirit, you know the Word of God. Now, the goal of the elder team is to provide an environment where you can safely grow and flourish and be used of God for the care of all people. And great churches are where everyone are looking to one another because the Holy Spirit uniquely fills each one with giftedness. And we want to be the kind of people where we're just going to one another because we love God and we recognize there's gifts from the Spirit of God in all of us. And again, I'm not I'm not undermining the role of leaders in the church. I'm simply saying the role of leadership in the church is to help you become the person that God has created you to be and to walk with you the whole way in the ups and downs. And that's, to me, a church that I want to be a part of, not just attend six or seven people doing all the spiritual stuff, just give me my donuts and get me out of here on time. That's just not helpful. All right, how does it work here in our community? So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts, and then we'll do the other three, which will be very, very quick. Uh, 26 West Church is, is led by an elder team. I'm actually going to have them stand because I see them all here. And stand with your spouse, if you would. We have Tony Vitisich and Beth. Uh, why don't you stand? You won't miss them. Um <laughs> Yeah, front and center. And stay standing for a second. Scott Ballard and Orlina. They happen to be sitting in the front row, which makes them super godly. And then John Ogle and Karen. I don't know why they felt that the third row was more spiritual. And, 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 and uh, I'm an elder, and my wife is most godly, and she's actually holding your kids. Okay, so she's taking care of the little ones. Uh, can we just thank them for their service? Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, ladies. All right. And... Uh, so n- new elders are invited in the team. We've gone from anywhere from four to six, and and elders in our structure are appointed by the elder team as we're looking at people's life and teaching, and our eyes are always looking on others to be a part of that team. So, what do elders do? The basic function we did a whole message on this when we were in First Timothy is to guard and to guide. Uh, elders are guiding the direction of the church, the teaching of the church, and guarding guarding in the sense of helping people who are going off course to come back. A good shepherd, when they see a cliff and the sheep running towards it, they stop them. They get in the way. They pull them. They put them on their shoulders. They carry them back. And that's helpful. And the role of elders are, in a church is to guide what the Holy Spirit, not tell the Holy Spirit what the church is supposed to be, but to listen to the spirit and then to guide it and guard it. But elders are not the only leaders in our church or in any church. So I want to list a few because you may hear these phrases and I would want you to know who they are. The elder team uh, appoints pastors and the pastors are appointed by the elder team to help guide under the guidance of the elders large areas. So our community groups are led by Stephen, who's one of the pastors and all of our our youth and young people are led by Ryan you know one of the pastors and Casey who's on his way literally he and his eldest son are driving here this week and then Siobhan and the younger kids are flying because he's smart you know and uh actually Casey's driving with the dog as well and 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 so they'll all be here next Sunday and he's going to oversee our Sunday gatherings and worship and music and and arts and all that and but that's that's just. That's not the only kind of leadership that's needed. Four people can't know you. And then another layer of four or five people can't know you. So we have a wonderful staff at this church. Some are full-time and some are part-time and some are contracted for specific things. And, and it's the role of those teams is working with the pastors and elders. We know the shape, we know the direction, we know what God's doing, we know the future, is to help mobilize everyone in a way that's unified and, and guided and, and helpful so that every one of us, the hundreds who make this church their home, are all going together in the same direction and you finding your place and fit. And so we have, we have layers of staff and elders and staff you'll all see on the website. But we have a, a huge group in a wonderful group of community group leaders and we're grateful to god these are men and women who are inviting people for conversations around the bible in homes and and we're grateful to god that you say well i'm like a leader in the church absolutely you're allowing a dozen 15 uh hopefully no more than 20 uh, in your home for seven weeks at a time To pray together and stir one another, and this kind of work is needed. Then we have serve teams, and we have all sorts of leaders who are doing practical things midweek and on the weekend. We have kids with, uh, we have teams with your children right now on Wednesdays. With uh, we have a team with middle school and high school. We have men's teams and women's teams. We have hospitality teams that make all this work. Here's my point: leadership is shared, and it's a good thing. And, and you are called to some layer and level of, of leadership, whether that's in your home or some of the stuff you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was, I'm a leader. Here you are. Here's why. People shepherd people. God wants to raise all of us up to be useful in our home and at work and in school. And we want to build a culture where everyone sees growth as a gift from God and usefulness as the pleasure of following jesus together and so i hope that's god's heart for you like stephen was saying earlier we're not a restaurant where a few people wait on you and you get your goods and services no we're a family meal all right the third thing is uh and these last three are are, are pretty quick because they're obvious write it down uh leaders are willing It seems obvious, but it may not be. Be shepherds, verse 2, of God's flock that's under your care, watching over them. Notice, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. So, what does it mean for us to grow in Jesus like leadership? It doesn't come out of obligation because if I don't, then I won't, you know? If I don't do this, then I won't be seen as growing. If I don't do this, somehow people are going to be disappointed in me. If, if the motivation is to check a box or to fulfill some like obligation, then I would dare say hold off because as a matter of fact, to be an elder, you know what the first qualification is? When Paul writes to Timothy, he says whoever aspires to be an elder aspires to a noble thing. The first qualification Of becoming an elder, and if that's in your heart, is willingness. First qualification is God has put in you a desire, willing, not forced, as God wants you to be. What does it look like when you go into a place? You ever been in that environment where you've been invited to the party, but you know, like, man, they'd rather not have the party right now? There's just tension everywhere. And then you go to those places, whether it's a home or a restaurant. And you feel like you can really kick up your feet if they don't stink, and you can relax, and you can be, because the the atmosphere has been set by the hosts in a way that's just warm and inviting. We want to be those kinds of people. And that's what Jesus wants for us: willing, not forced, because it's a gift to serve. It's a gift. By the way, you and I have been given eternal life. Gosh. Life with jesus now you know i am not disconnected from jesus i've been adopted into his family and i've been given god's presence god holy god's holy spirit to walk with me all the days of my life and god's uniquely wired me to do stuff that just like peter he's given me a role or roles and he's given you a role or roles in his family he's given his purpose and the future i don't have to worry about because god's taking care of that I get to step into it with him and I'm going to live with Jesus because of the death and resurrection of Jesus and my faith in him. I'm going to live with him forever. Man, forever in a world made new where we're all, by the way, willingly going to serve one another in the most heartfelt way. Don't think of heaven as you in your little box with your stack of books left alone. Although nothing wrong with books and nothing wrong with alone time. But, the, but heaven seems to be described as a family meal with a table and where we do the dishes without dishwashers because they're not necessary because we're all getting our hands dirty and they'll never wrinkle. I don't know if that's actually true. But, but I do know, I do know that heaven seems to be the place where God's people are loving one another. That's so good. So you're like, you just burst my bubble of a mansion of loneliness. No, you're going to be with people. And actually, God may cause you to like it. All right. Uh, sorry, that was a slam. I wasn't meant to slam. <laughs> Write this one down. Leaders are honest. Ha-ha! That's where I was going. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. So godly elders or godly leaders are living to, to give, not to gain. Now, it doesn't mean... that that leaders don't receive. As a matter of fact, in Timothy uh, and in Titus, it talks about honoring in the church those who are elders, especially those who are teaching. They're worthy of double uh, honor, which literally means double salary, which don't take it literally, to say take your salary and double it. It means that it's not a low position in God's heart. God wants his people to grow, and so the shepherds of the sheep ought to be cared for. Paul said, Continue again and again and again. I ought to be supported in sharing the gospel because this kind of work is valuable. But most of the time, Paul and Peter and other leaders are warning the sheep, warning Jesus people about leaders who have a double motive. As a matter of fact, the Bible is actually filled with names. How would you like your name to be in the Bible as someone to avoid? Avoid these people. They've shipwrecked their faith and they're pulling people into error. And so uh, w- what we want is to go- for God to examine our heart. Can we just do this as an act of faith today? Part of our response is going to be Lord, check my heart. I gotta check my heart all the time because being a leader here definitely has benefits. But if I'm not careful, if our elder team's not careful, we'll get our eyes on the prize and get it off of the work and so we ought to check our hearts which by the way is connected with accountability right the reason that leaders are accountable is because everyone's heart can be pulled one percent off two percent off ten percent off all of it is off and so god check our heart i love the way jesus said it when he's talking to his disciples because two of them are like okay jesus we realize you're about to take over we love that who's going to be on your left and right Who's going to be the vice president and the chief of staff? Lord, is it us? And look at what Jesus says. Jesus called Matthew 20, his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. And said, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And here's why. Just as the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The last one, write it down, is leaders are servants. Leaders in God's kingdom are, in the end, whatever the title, elder, deacon you see in the Bible, teachers you see in the Bible, there are a few roles, but it makes no difference what your title may be be or not be, in the end, Jesus-like leadership is servant leadership, where we see the blessing is to follow the pattern of Jesus. By the way, as Jesus is serving people, people are verbally abusing him all the time, saying that he has a false motive. Jesus is called a drunk and a friend of sinners while he's giving his life, while he's pouring out his heart. So you just need to know this. If you want to step into Jesus-like leadership, it doesn't mean you're not going to have opposition, but we take the form of a servant because Jesus can make himself low and take a towel and wash his disciples' feet. He says you'll be blessed if you do the same thing. And so we want to grow, and hopefully this is like making you think about your life because no matter where you're serving, we want to be a people that are accountable, caring, willing in heart, right? Honest and, 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 and servant-hearted, not, not looking to domineer. I think most of us know at least one leader who just took their position and and made you feel low because they were above you. We don't want to be the kind of people, and, and we all cringe when we think of leaders who abuse their position and abuse their authority it, it hurts us all some of us have been part of churches where for whatever reason and i'm not pointing the finger because i don't know the situation and i know it's easy to stumble and fall so be careful when you start judging other people man because if you think you could lead with excellence try leading and hey why don't you just throw a global pandemic in the mix and you'll realize that leadership is an honor it's a privilege it's a sacrifice And the middle name of leadership is really suffering. Because in the end, a parent who leads their kids well will suffer for it. It's hard work. It's staying up late when the kids are playing. It's doing the grunt work when no one else sees it. It's, It's about thinking about the future of your child and willing to sacrifice for their good and not seeing your good as primary, but you give your life away. Those of you who are parents, or you're an aunt or an uncle or a good neighbor, you know what it's like to willingly sacrifice. And this is the Jesus-like leadership that we're, we're called to. Now, here's the fun part. We're blessed as a church, giving you perspective. We have multiple layers of wonderful people who are serving in harmony here. Are we a perfect church? No, but I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this community from the elders and the pastors and the staff and community group leaders. Yes, we're all human. We stumble, we fall, and we need accountability to make sure that we stay humble and don't and we don't fall. But uh, you're if you're newer to this church, you ought to feel comfortable about pressing in here because God's doing something unique. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a part of it. I'm saying it because it's absolutely true. Leaders are honest. It's true. Now, let's end with where next week we're going to see where Peter talks to to the follower, to young people in the church who are following. There's a call as a follower as well. We'll look at that next week. But let's just remind ourselves, leaders will be rewarded. This is good news. Verse 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive what? The crown of glory that will never fade away. I love that. The chief shepherd. We're shepherds. Elder teams are shepherds. Pastors are shepherds. Community group leaders are shepherds. Serve teams are shepherds. We're we're all in some way serving, but there's reward. So I love the focus. Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. Jesus is the one that we follow. By the way, we get in trouble when we follow the person above Jesus. Man, do not follow me. Follow Jesus. Now Paul could say, I'd like to say that, but I'm careful. I'll try to just quote Paul. He said, Follow me as I follow Jesus. Man, I hope I'm followable because of my following Jesus, but when in doubt, the chief shepherd is going to bring blessing to everyone who serves. So Jesus could say, There isn't a cup of cold water given. In my name, that's not without reward. Isn't that good? Some of you, you you brewed the coffee. Blessing. You broke the crackers with gloves. Blessing. You set up the chairs. Blessing. You're going to be here afterwards to tear down because we still use this space for multiple purposes. And there's blessing. You give generously and regularly, not because you have to to score spiritual brownie points because you know it's better to give than to receive blessing you pray for this church blessing you invite people blessing whatever your spot there is reward hear me now not just in the life to come there's reward now whenever i hear of someone's life who's transformed here i rejoice even though most of the time i don't have anything to do with it i'm just part of the same church And you hear about what God's doing and you realize that is the reward that God's body is growing and that more and more people are learning about him and following him. So two things I want us to think about in response. And the first is about our own soul. God, fuel my desire. We need that. God, fuel my desire. Whatever it is, after two years of so much disruption, you know what's happened for many The tank has gone low. Spiritual disciplines have become erratic at best. Continuous pressing in has now become occasional when I can fit it in. And so what we need to do is we need to ask the Spirit of God, fuel my desire to follow and to lead in whatever area you've called me to. And then the second area, not only the Holy Spirit, fuel my desire, But Holy Spirit, check my heart. For some of you, you're saying, Jose, accountable, caring, willing, honest, servant-hearted, I got like one of five. Or three that I could say yes, but these other two are real challenges. So what do we do? When we realize where we are in light of Jesus, we turn to him. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. So I come back and I say, Jesus, I want to become more, and then you fill in the blank. Holy Spirit of God, thank you for grace, mercy, another chance. Thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Now I want to go your way, and I want to live and lead differently. I think if we ask God to fuel our desire and we repent when God makes things clear to us, we will be a thriving community in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We will. We will. So why don't you stand on your feet and let's pray and we'll respond and worship and singing. And we're going to take communion in a few moments. Remember the empowering presence of Jesus who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. Jesus is the ultimate leader that we worship and follow. And so, Lord, we come to you now and we ask you and invite you. Holy Spirit of God, do a work in us. Revive our hearts, God deal with us at the deepest level of desire that we would we would first want what you want god that that's where it begins burn that fire within us lord stir that flame within us to even want what you want and lord i thank you that when we come to you and say test me O lord look at my heart see if there's any errant or wicked way like the psalmist david we we ask you, God, to inspect us even now. And, and Lord, provide grace and mercy because of the work of Jesus. That we would turn from that and we would turn back to you. To live like you, Jesus. To lead like you, Jesus. To follow, like we'll look at next week, you, Jesus. We want to we be all about you, Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Everyone say with me, amen. Uh, and we gonna continue our rhythm of worship. Kind of returning back to some healthy rhythms before, of inviting you to take steps of faith. So uh, we're going to invite you now. The band's just going to play for a bit. To if you need prayer for anything, God's doing something in your life. I would invite you to uh, receive prayer from someone. Prayers at the back in the left, and the rest of us. Let's make our way to the table. So let's pick up the bread and cup. Uh, if you want to give here in person, you could give at the Get Connected table. There's a little spot for you to give. The rest can give online. Let's make our way towards the tables, grab the bread and cup, we'll sing together, we'll take the Lord's uh, meal together, and we'll leave rejoicing together. Let's, Let's go to the table.